Welcome back to Breakthrough, uh, the Handball Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Plummer, and it's great to have you back with us after a slightly unplanned break, but that's all right. Um, I'm here with my regular co-host, Chris Skoll. Chris, how are you? Hey, hey, Steve, how are you? Good to see you again. <laughs> good, good. Has it been keeping busy on the handball court? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> all the time. Almost every day training with the, with the boys and, yeah. Looking forward for the upcoming tournament next week. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, on today's episode, uh, we'll be talking with former Australian goalkeeping great Oggy Latinovic. Uh, Oggy and I played together for – well, Oggy played a lot. I played three games, but uh, we, we did share the court briefly. Um, yeah, we, we really look at – as we have with a lot of our guests this season, it's you know, how he got started – um, discover about the clubs he's played for both here and abroad um, and you know, really finds what makes those clubs tick and what keeps him, what got him into the sport and what keeps him um, connected uh, with the sport. Uh, we'll also look at the upcoming Australian Handball Club Championships which get underway later this week in Canberra as well as a few results from around the league. Um, around the league, so there's a there's a, the handball championships uh, for the junior women running in Asia right now, uh, and there was a small tournament over in Italy uh, earlier this this week, and uh, there's very very nice success there for the Brisbane Handball Club. So first, um, a bit about Oggy. Uh, Oggy played um, very talented player, very accomplished. Uh, he's played all over the court. Um, he started his journey back in 2003, uh, representing the University of Queensland at the club level. Um, and over the years, he's taken those skills overseas to, as always, I pronounce these wrong, ICAST in Denmark and KIF in the Faroe Islands. Um, in addition to his club achievements, uh, Oggy made significant contributions to the state and national levels. Um, he's represented the Queensland juniors and Queensland seniors. Um, and has won the Australian Championships twice uh, under under East Queensland. But the most accomplished areas, uh, Oggy's had 50 caps, international caps playing for the Australian handball team uh, between 2004-2015. Uh, he's represented Australia at five world championships and in, where in which he was named Man of the Match twice. And Oggie tells me he even managed, stepped outside the goals and played centre-back, scoring, I believe, four goals on the court. And I'd love to hear more about that. Oggy, greetings. Good good to see you. Uh, hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's um, just want to say great stuff you're doing with this podcast. I think Australia needs it and um, this whole region needs it. So what what better than uh, start something like this? Yeah. Thanks for having yeah. me on the show. I guess. You're welcome. It's great to have you. As I say, we're we're starting raw. We're starting pretty much unscripted, but um, there's a lot of great stories around um, handball in Australia, and um, yeah, we yeah want to bring them out, want to tell them, and um, it's it's a great sport that we're really trying to grow. So so thanks for being a part of it. Um, why, look, we we'll start at the beginning. Um, where did you discover handball? How did you get started? 
Um, well, my uh, background is Serbian, so I, you know, living in Europe and, and growing up in Serbia, it's like like Chris will, will know from Germany. It's it's on TV, it's in schools, it's in playgrounds. So, um, you know, you next to next to your basketball courts and your your football fields. So I've always known about it. I've grown up with it. So I've I've always known about what handball is. Uh, it's not it's not played with tennis ball. Um, and um, yeah, so so. Um, Never really played it in Serbia. I was more more a basketball and a, and a, a soccer football guy. Uh, kind of was um, juggling those two throughout my whole um, childhood. Um, never really explored handball in Serbia. But I did play it in school on a on a concrete um, concrete outdoor court, which is always fun, uh, especially if you're a winger. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, no, I never really played it um, any any you know serious level. Um, until I got got to Australia, funnily enough. Yeah, so obviously you got to, you know, it, say it was a schoolyard game, um, you got to watch it, you know, it would have been televised. Um, do, uh, yeah, when- I mean, so, yeah, Yugoslavia at the time was, was really, really big uh, and really successful. So, you know, every time there was there was a major tournament, you, you'd be glued to the TV watching handball just as, as much as you're watching, you know, basketball and football. So, um, you know, you've, you've grown up knowing all the names and, you know, all the all the superstars. So it's kind of, you know, kind of like, you know, us here watching rugby and AFL is just, yeah, I, I personally never went into the sport. You know, I, I'm talking this up until I moved to Australia and I was I was 13 when I came here. So I'm talking about the young primary school days. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, so when did you first pick it up in Australia then? Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, when I moved to Australia, I kind of um, still played basketball actively, but I was... Um, at school in year 11 I'm pretty sure um and um and there was a there was a news or, or um PE teacher told us that there's um there's a school's cup um uh, held um later in the year and and that they're thinking about putting in a team we, we our, my school was pretty um uh, multicultural so we had a whole heap of different different um um, backgrounds, but also you know similar to, to what handball uh, in Australia is. Um, so we, we thought you know let's this is great let's do it. There was there was a handful of guys at school who actually knew what handball was. So um, straight away we jumped onto it, uh, put a team together, and and ended up um, representing the school at at the schools cup. Brilliant. So um, what 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 position did you play at that stage? Uh, goalkeeper. So I, I started. I started playing on the on the court, but um, I started looking at that. We had a we had I think one or two. I think we we might have had two goalkeepers, but um, I, I was looking at them when I was shooting at them, and and both of them were closing their eyes, and I said, "This is going to be this is going to be um embarrassing if these two play in goals." So um, so I said, "Look, let me let me try." So I jumped in the goals and and trained, <laughs> trained um pretty much in goals and, and ended up playing playing goalkeeper at the at the tournament. Prince, so so describe to those. I mean, we've we've discussed Chris and I, you know, in one of our early episodes, you know, what what the positions are. Um, yeah. Describe what it's like standing in goals with that ball coming towards you. Uh it can be scary if if that's your mindset, um, but if 
if you if you believe that you know if the ball hits me that's a save then then you do everything you can for the ball to hit you and you know like everyone says you got to be you got to be a little bit crazy to be a cold keeper so i guess i guess i was <laughs> or still am i don't know <laughs> Uh, Brian, so you didn't draw the short straw. You actually wanted to get in the goals because no, you saw yeah, that, that yeah. was the way to victory. Yeah, so in. love it. I jumped in. That's it. Yeah. Brian, so, um, so say so you played a lot of basketball, a lot of football as well. Um, <laughs> do you see? Do you see any skills that are, I guess transferable in, into playing on the handball court from those? I guess more more well known sports. Oh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Like uh, with, um, I think what I really got from basketball like I was always quick and my reflexes were always good and I think that that really suits a goalkeeper like me who you know I wasn't overly tall and and when you know when you look at some photos back in the day I was I was basically a stick uh, I think my first world champs in um in Tunisia in 2005 I don't know how I saved anything there because I was so skinny um <laughs> but um I did did have a few good saves um yeah, so like I needed I needed speed and reflexes, so I was I was heavily relying on both of those um, in my in my goalkeeping um, career. Um, you know, positioning you kind of develop that later down the track with with some um, coaching and um, a lot of uh, a lot of um, um, you need you also need to be working really well with the defenders. Um, they can they can help you you know they can do half of your job if if the communication is there and if, if everyone knows what they're doing so rather than having to defend um, you know six square meters of the goal or um, you, you, you know, or you only need to do the half so um, yeah so I think a lot of that stuff and and team being a team game every team game has has a lot of a lot of um, similarities so so as long as you're uh, in that team game, I think you'd start developing that. Um, so basketball's, you know, very, very important in terms of just visually seeing the court. Um, it's kind of, you know, you play played in a similar, a little bit smaller court, of course, but like the, the positioning, you're sort of surrounded and, and I was a playmaker, so I could see everyone in front of me in basketball. So now I'm a goalkeeper, I could see everyone again in front of me. So it was, it, it kind of translated in terms of just getting those um, those visuals and 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 being able to find find um, space and, and find you know find an open man in, in handball in, in transition especially yeah yeah need to um because this is something that's been has been interesting to explore um yeah being that this is not a traditional sport in Australia um it, it's finding it, it's what we're trying to explain to those I guess the uninitiated is you know what skills or what other sports might transfer really well um, and mm. I think if you say that you know the visibility and the I guess basketball and the reflexes reflexes translate really well uh, do, you th- do you think there's any other, any other sports you think that you know on the Australian you know, sports calendar that might translate well to being you know useful skills in handball um well I think like just in general I think Aussies would make a like great if, if handball was was popular which we hope it will be one day Aussies would make great handballers because because of all the different different skills from other other um you know contact sports like rugby and then AFL has got a lot of that sort of speed and and trying to find open space so yeah I, 
yeah, it's hard to kind of just go find something that perfectly fits. I think it's it's really a blend of of everything. Um, so you know, you you got your jumping and your like volleyball as well. Like you have to be up and you have to hold. Um, speaking from like a, a court player that's shooting, you know, you have to be able to kind of have that hang hang time, which volleyballers have when they when they're smashing the ball. So um, yeah, there's. It's really a blend of everything, and that's why handball is such a great sport. Uh, and you guys have mentioned that in your previous episodes. It, there's, there's something for everyone. If you're if you're a little bit short and um, heavier, you, you can play handball. If you're if you're skinny and 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 quick, you can play handball. Um, yeah, it's 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 really there's there's a position for everyone. If you're not so great, you can sit on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're a little bit crazy, you can go in goals. And if you're crazy, go in goals. <laughs> Because it does, yeah, I do see as well that obviously it's also very complementary to a lot of sports. So the skills that you would obtain within handball, um, the, yeah, the, obviously the hand-eye coordination, the team play, uh, the visibility on court, I think would tr- translates very well uh, as, as a complementary sport to a lot of other sports as well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so... So, Chris, I know I'm going to sort of segue, I guess, I guess, to some of the some of your um, obviously you've played in Australia, um, some of your time overseas. Um, we'll start with Denmark. Tell tell us about the journey to to Denmark. Yeah, so um, um, that happened in 2006. So at the time. Um, we had a Norwegian coach, national team coach, who just took over um, the role, and um, he was he was based in Denmark. He was he was um, he had some connections. He was actually training a few clubs there, so um, he kind of handpicked a handful of us um, at, from the from the squad at the time, and and suggested that we consider potentially moving moving overseas to try and sort of um, fine tune our our skills. Um, in handball and, and um, he was going to um, put us forward to a few clubs over there and yeah I was fortunate enough to be one of those guys and ended up going to um, to ECAST in Denmark which um, uh, which basically allowed me to live and breathe handball for for a whole whole year um, literally every every morning and every afternoon and every weekend so um, put put my studies on hold, put my life <laughs> on hold, basically, and and ended up just going over there and, and playing handball from from um, dawn to dusk, pretty much. Yeah. What and, what, what does a day in the life look like? Um, okay, yeah. So I was, I was yeah I was in um, in the the sports school sports academy there. So so I was part of that program as well as being um, uh, playing for as well as playing for a club. So. So every morning, you know, we'd, we'd be having a, a handball session um, with um, with the um, the school, um, and then you know, the, as, as well as that, you know, there's the the strength and fitness program. There's um, um, all, all all the other other things that are important to to perfecting the the game, and then and then in the evenings it was it was handball with the club, so training with the club. So I was basically training twice a twice a day, uh, sometimes three, uh, if you've got this gym 
session in there and and then um yeah i remember i came there and it was it was pre-season so we didn't touch the ball for about two months it was just um running and gym and everything else i was like oh i didn't come here for this i want to play handball (laughs) Uh, but yeah that's all part of it yeah so um that's i mean that's yeah it's always the way it is you know strength and conditioning is a real back you know backbone of any sport and um uh, yeah, <laughs> I can see the frustration. And that's the, that's, that's the basics. What you need. Yeah. <laughs> it's um. Yeah. And so, what does um? What does a game in Denmark go? You, know, you got a match day on the on the week. I assume. Yeah. What what's match day? What's that like yeah. for for those who've never seen it? Yeah. So for me, it was um. It was pretty pretty um. Pretty good. Um. I was. It was only a, a short walk from where I was staying to to where the stadium was. So um, um, we actually had a, a a really good women's team. So so the 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 men's team wasn't really that um, that flashy at the time. Um, you know, all the focus was on women because they were in top league and they were they were probably one of the best in in the country. So um, you know, there's there's there was a lot of buzz around them. But regardless. Um, we um we actually had the opportunity to train with them a few times, which was pretty awesome as well. Uh, but yeah, look, um, Danish people love love their handball, so it doesn't matter what what league or what division you're playing. There's there's always going to be, um, you know, full you know seats seats are going to be filled. Um, we had a nice nice small um, kind of arena, but yeah, there's there's always always heaps of people there watching. So um, yeah, is. The, the the best thing is that you know that competition vibe that you don't you rarely get in Australia where you you go there and and you know you're playing against someone someone different every week and um, you're traveling as well so you get to get to see see other parts of the country and uh, yeah so it's, it's just that competition and you get, go home and you look at you know your app at the time I don't think there was any apps but we were sort of on on the computer checking checking where we sit on the ladder and all the stats and everything. So it's, it was pretty uh, pretty cool to have that, you know, um, that real competition feel um, going into every weekend, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what were, the, what were the fans like? You know, I guess it was a, being a, you know, a, a club with a, a men's club, a women's club. What was the, what was the fan base like? Um, uh, it was... So it wasn't wasn't anything crazy like you'd see in you know in in Serbia or in Croatia, but you know um, it was it was almost like the sort of small country country town feel. So it was it was all about you know your your own town and everyone sort of gets around um, supporting supporting the local team. Um, yeah, there was. Um, for women's game that you know there'd be a bit of noise and a bit of drums and you know danish people love a bit of a bit of rhythm uh <laughs> during those games just to get get the um the, the attack to to um kind of synchronize together i guess um but um yeah like i think i think more there, there was a bit more atmosphere in faroe islands when i was playing there because there there was there's quite a quite a bit of passion about sort of one village beating another so so everyone everyone's there just to see their you know their their um neighboring neighboring village lose the game <laughs> and and that's where that's where the passion would come out probably a bit more than than in in denmark in my experience anyway great 
Um, yeah, okay. You just mentioned like the Faroe Islands, so you have a history of Faroe Islands. We at the last episode we were talking about it, and luckily yeah. we found someone. Tell yeah, us yeah. more more about the Faroe Island, um, about the culture, the community. Um, yeah. yeah, tell us a bit more more about it. And the reason, I mean, it's an unusual country to play handball for at this stage, like 10, yeah. 20 years ago. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, so when I when I lived in Denmark, I met my now wife, who is from Faroe Island. So, so when I when I finished my my stint in Denmark, I, I decided to go over there and, and spend some time in in Faroe Islands, and um, you know, they have handball. So, you know, let's let's get into it and, and let's play. So, um, yeah, I ended up playing playing there for for a bit, and um, it's. It was quite, and, and you can see the results now. So probably back back in, you know, we're talking 2000 and probably seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, I was I was kind of back and forth um, between Australia and Faroe Islands, and I spent the whole year uh, at one point there. And it it really um, it really has come a long way. And I think the the recipe for it was that they kept their main league very small so their their top league which was basically like our the, the top top tier um they kept it very small so they always had six i think now they have seven if not maybe they've introduced another but they, they there's a lot of handball going on but they've kind of just ha- kept kept the, the small number of 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 clubs playing in that championship so so the quality doesn't drop um and um and and since then you know like it used to be very um, you know, small and, and kind of each person living in that village would be playing just for that village. But now when you go and have a look at it, there's there's players coming up from, you know, Iceland and Denmark and Serbia and Romania. And so there's there's a lot of lot of international influence happening at the moment over there as well. Uh, there's probably a lot more, um, you know, financially stable in terms of the, the clubs can can afford to, to get some black players and... and afford to um, pay for some some better quality players but yeah it, it all and 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 that sort of cross-pollinating between like you, if you're if you're from one village it doesn't mean you have to play for that village uh, forever so now that you know players are moving around so it's, it, it becomes like a real um, you know real um, uh, hunt for for winning winning so clubs will do whatever they can to to win the, you know the championships and uh, and then you know there's the club the the cup game and and the cup game you know brings brings everything and it's, it's televised as well um all the international games are televised as well but yeah like there'll be media um at every game so there'll, there'll be a post match sort of wrap up every weekend so yeah um but yeah i think the quality between when i started playing there and now is is obviously um the results are showing with their young team that you guys have mentioned as well doing really well on the international stage great but okay tell us a little bit more about the culture for fire and what do they eat what do they drink like what are the culture yeah, like? well <laughs> um the cult yeah they're very very small so you know our Suncorp Stadium here in Brisbane can fit them all, and and we'll probably still have a few thousand empty seats. So um, it's it's a very small you know, small country. Uh, it's very widespread. You know, they're 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 living across eighteen islands. So getting getting around is not easy. Um, 
Um, there's also, you know, the weather is is a major factor over there. Everything is luckily for handball is indoors, so um, so you can sort of plan it. But sometimes you can't. When I when I was um, living in one village and, and playing in the other, I was relying on the weather to get there. Otherwise, you know, sometimes the roads would be blocked, and in winter times with snowstorms, so I actually can't get the training, or I'll get the training, I can't get home. So it's it's quite um it's a, quite an interesting place where you always have to have your your weather uh, updates before you do anything um <laughs> being in the middle of the north atlantic um and then but yeah the, the nature is beautiful um they do eat some funny stuff um maybe that's the the recipe for um for their success you know a couple of whales between before the game <laughs> so, um, yeah it's it's um, definitely a, a place place everyone should go and visit once once in their life. Yeah, great, great. So, how was it overall? Did you enjoy the time over there? So, handball wise and living there. So, do you have any any story to tell? Any funny things uh, or what you had over there? Yeah, probably no. Definitely enjoyed it. It's 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 different, and it kind of brings brings life into perspective when when you're working and living in in the hustle and bustle, and you go there. You know, I'm I'm there pretty much once a year still, uh, with my wife, um, still having family over there, and um, you know, we tend to go now with grandkids as well, try and get get them to um spend some time with with the other side of the family, but yeah, it's um it's um it's really good to kind of go back and live a simple life every now and then at least even if it's just for for a few weeks a year um probably the funniest story that has happened to me and kind of tells the story about what uh what kind of um kind of life it is and uh is when when i changed my club so i played in the local club uh, and then um through some contacts at work they said well you know i wasn't really happy so they said well, why don't you come and train with us and i jumped in the car that night drove over um, to to the neighbouring village, had my training, came back, stopped at a petrol station to uh, to buy something, and the lady at the petrol station said, "Oh, I heard you just went over and trained with um with the um with the neighbouring village," and uh, you know, but no one, I, I have no idea how she knew, uh, and I have, you know, but the the news travels, so um, it's. There's no secrets in that country. <laughs> Very parochial. They've got their teams and don't play for the enemy. So, yeah, 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 yeah. great. And for one more, one more question, Oggy. Um, we mentioned this, like that Faroe Islands just got qualified for European Champs 2024. So, in your opinion, was it luck or hard work? So, when you look back, like, do they have a plan, like a ten-year plan? Like, say, what are the trainings looks like? Because as a population with fifty thousand people, and they just got yeah. qualified, and under twenty ones came fifth, so which yeah. is intense. Yeah, well, look, I've, there's no luck will only get you to a certain point uh, without without a, a, a solid um backbone and, and structure you, you can't you can't actually get the results that these guys are showing and and um you know they've, they've just made the quarterfinals of um the under 21s which um you know a few years ago wouldn't would not have happened um no one would have even um you know predicted that once um you know that they, they've made their uh, their first uh, major tournament which is going to be exciting to see in in the coming months so 
Um, no, there's definitely no luck there. Like, you, you, I think I think there's a lot of work happening with these juniors, and you can see that. Uh, and then that that just naturally translates into the senior team, and um, and I, I think a lot of a lot of players do also then play um, in Europe as well. So so the the talent is recognised in Faroe Islands, and then the the, the, the talent then um, you know gets gets the opportunity to to go further and play in some of the bigger. Some of the bigger um, leagues in Europe, so they, you know, they, they've they've got it all set up properly, um, and and the results are yet to show fully. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> that was brilliant, Oggy. It's um, look, it's been fantastic to hear about those your, your sort of journey. You've 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 made it from yeah, you're starting. It's funny, he started, started in Serbia, never touched a handball, came to Brisbane, discovered handball, uh, managed to send you to, to both Denmark and then the Faroe Islands. Um, and then you went up at uh, end up, end up at the World Cup, uh, the World Championships uh, five times. Um, tell us more. So, look, you spent most of those in goals. Tell us more about this on-court moment at, at centre-back. Yeah, I guess I guess that that kind of resulted in in a little bit of uh, you know what what handball um, was at the time in Australia, uh, and you know I, I kind of came on board um, sort of just after the Olympics, so so there was still a bit of bit of hype from two thousand that um, you know probably a bit of money as well uh, left over from those um, those years. So so the handball it was kind of really really um, um, competitive. Uh, um, if I can say that, you know, in, in, in the early career, in, in my early career, so in those sort of early early 2000s to late, late you know, up to, up to 2010, I'd say. Um, so, you know, being in goals was, was really um, challenging because you had some, some good players and you had some good shooters and, and you, I, I felt like I was getting my exercise by, by coming to trainings and, and playing in the national team and I was all, always, um, you know, on you know 100% focused, but sort of when when we got to those sort of 24, I think after after 2013 in Spain, um, we were we were training for the 2015 Qatar that we we qualified for but never played. Um, I, I kind of lost it. like the handball in Australia was sort of starting to kind of slow down a little bit, and I, I felt like I wasn't getting my uh, you know the, the exercise and and the uh, the mental. And physical exercise that I, I need from training, so I, I needed to change something. I was either going to quit or I needed to change something. Um, and then I, I just, you know, at the club level, I started playing uh, on the court. Just, you know, kind of what I love handball so much. I don't want to change sports. I'll, I'll just see how I can tweak it and still keep the the passion and and the drive. So I kind of um, did that and played played on court. And um, yeah, ended up playing for the national team for that qualifying tournament. So that was the two games in New Zealand that we played um, to qualify for Qatar. Uh, and then some bloody Germans kicked us off. Um, and um, yeah, I think Germany didn't qualify. So then um, somehow this space was created for them um, and they ended up playing. Um, so yeah, um, that was kind of the the last two games that I played for Australia was the two qualifying um, uh, games against New Zealand, and then um, yeah, that kind of ham, ham, uh, Australian um, Australian 
um, opportunities that the world champs kind of stopped. And, and with that, my, my drive kind of slowed down as well. Um, and, um, yeah, uh, that's kind of when I stopped, stopped playing sort of in the sort of late, I think early 2016, I think it was when I sort of stopped completely. Yeah, so speaking of the other, the other world champs, you mentioned Sweden there. Do you, do you have a favourite um, world championship you played at? Uh, Germany, um, tw- two thousand seven Germany. That was that was um, that was still the highlight of of um, of my career. I was in. We were first we were playing in Magdeburg with, um, um, yeah, I think seven thousand um, at the at the arena, full every every time. It didn't matter which you know Germans love handball, so it didn't really matter who was playing. The, the stands were full. Um, so yeah, and being being underdogs, they were always uh, on our side when we were playing the likes of France and Iceland, and um, yeah, so so we we always had the backing of of seven thousand people, um, and yeah, I had I had some of the good some of my my best um, performances there because that was kind of in the in that prime when I was living in Denmark six months before the, that tournament. So, like I said, I was training twice, three times a day, every day. Um, so that, that definitely had, had something to, to do and, and it showed, you know, on, on the court when I when I um, played for Australia that, that January. Um, yeah, and I, I had my first man of the match against Brazil in, in, uh, in that World Champs as well. Oh, Brad, I mean, it... Uh, I never made one. <laughs> I never made a world championship. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's always amazing hearing the stories. Um, for any of the Australians, we had tape a few weeks ago just talk about, you know, his time um, playing for Australia, wearing the green and gold, and but playing in different places and just, you know, the culture. It, it's just, I mean... I mean, we we see it in Australia, but for other sports. So we see the the rugby's and crickets and AFLs, where you get these um, passionate crowds. Like I guess the, you'd say the Victorians would turn up to anything just to cheer at it. And um, they say I think the Germans are very similar when it comes to handball. They will turn up, rain, hail, or shine uh, to support any any handball um, activity. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I was lucky enough, and, and one of one of the few that that got to do it five times um, um, in in the Australian team, and you know, it was it was sort of sort of this thing that you just look forward to. Uh, you know, every two years, you're going to have the most amazing two weeks. You're gonna you're gonna feel like a superstar. You're gonna have police escort, um, you know, driving you around, you know, Madrid or. Um, Malmo, you know, wherever we were playing, so it's, it's yeah, it was it was a pretty pretty awesome experience that you, you literally just take um, um, and remember for the rest of your life. Um, and yeah, it, I was lucky enough to kind of have have five of those where you know every every two years you're like, yes, it's it's that time has come again. Um, but yeah, look, um, I think. I think that was that was sort of a good period, but in the same um, in the same sense, it probably wasn't the right right direction for Australian handball. I think I think what what what's happening at the moment and, and us being part of Asia, 
um, is probably um, offering us a lot more opportunity to grow uh, because we're, we're playing a lot more competitive games and that's that's really what what's required we need to pl- be playing competitive games um, not just you know every two years when these tournaments are happening but every year and every you know couple of months um, to in order to see see um, results so um, um, yeah you know I was lucky enough to be playing those games but I was also unlucky enough to not win one so <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it um, yeah it, it really um, I think baby steps is, is how you how you grow the sport, and um, you know we spoke about Faroe Islands; they, they've done that. So I think I think you know we've got a great opportunity now with Olympics. But again, there's going to be baby steps. We're not going to show up to the Olympics in ten years' time and, and see results unless we're doing something today. Yeah, and I think I think we've. I mean, one of the things that really ignited me in the last few months is seeing what the um, the Indian Premier Handball League get off the ground. I mean, look, they've come above us at the last few tournaments by a position or two. Um, I mean, up until uh, I've been talking to one of the team owners and he said up until last year, we, we've never played indoors. Um, it's never been a barrier for them. And they've been playing outdoor on hockey courts, dirt fields, uh, which is quite incredible. And um, they got their first pre- professional league up and running. Uh, Standards-wise, I, th- I think our top teams in Australia would compete with them very well. Uh, but it, you know, but to put on a professional tournament that was televised, I think is absolutely phenomenal. And as I think you're right to play more games within the region. Uh, I mean, one... I think it's more cost friendly for they're trying to make that leap to Europe, uh, but it, it, it's you say it's more regular, more high quality uh, matches is, is 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 the baby steps we I think we need right now. Yeah, totally agree. Yep. So so from there, look, we, we're going to sort of wrap the interview with you there, but um, look. Uh, this week, so Wednesday, kicking off in Canberra, we have the Australian Handball Club Championships. Uh, this is the the qualifier for the the IHF Super Globes in Saudi Arabia uh, later this year. Look, there, there won't be any police escorts unless someone gets in trouble. Uh, <laughs> it's it's um, yeah, it's shaping up to be a very interesting tournament. Um, there's a lot of interest in the competition this year. I think, you know, a lot of clubs really keen to take that. Uh, the matches are held at the, both the AIS for the men and the women are just uh, around the corner at the Australian Defence Force Academy. Um, I'm not sure. Have you seen the teams or have you had a chance to see the the draws and who, who who's, who's going to be taking court? Um. I haven't, to be honest. Um, I um, I do have, um, you know, a few few guys here with um, that 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 I keep in touch with that are that are part of the the Brisbane teams. So um, I get I get some some intel every now and then, but uh, unfortunately, I haven't been um, in a position to be able to go and have a look at any of their games or trainings. But I, I'll definitely keep a keen eye and on um, next week I know that um, Sydney Uni is kind of the the team to beat every year and um, uh, unfortunately 
didn't get beaten last year. I think it was very close. Um, uh, one of the Queensland teams that, uh, you know, naturally I'd be supporting again, uh, hoping to um, to see one of them get through um, and take take the big title. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be hard um, with, with the likes of Sydney Uni and... Um, and the great coaching, um, <laughs> Mr. School, um, <laughs> Mr. Out. but um, yeah, look, I think yeah, this is exactly what we need. We need some competition, and 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 it's good. I think Chris will agree as well that you know Sydney Uni want competitive matches as well. So seeing seeing some of these clubs stepping up to to that Sydney Uni level, which has been the benchmark for Australia for for a number number of years now. Um, I think it's good to see a healthy competition, and yeah, definitely going to be um, tuning in and having having a look um, next week. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. I know um, I've, I've seen a lot of a lot of clips coming through from St Kilda Handball Club as well. I think they they they've been there's been a few competitive matches with Sydney University and and and, and uh, Canberra Handball Club this this <laughs> season, um, and there's definitely. It, there's going to be some very, very good matches, I think, this in this um, upcoming championship. What we're going to do is we're going to roll on to um, just a few of the other results around the league. Um, as I say, the European summers um, is well and alive, so the games have wrapped up there. Uh, but we have been following the uh, the. Asian Women's Youth Championships been running uh, in North Macedonia. Um, and you know, when we left you last time, it really was China and Japan as the front runners um, in, in that competition. Uh, but the way that the, the group phase finished up was in Group A, we had Korea lead the group ahead of China. Uh, and in Group B, we had Japan ahead of Chinese Taipei. Um, and then we've moved on then to the semifinals were uh, were over the weekend uh, where Korea beat out Chinese Taipei 42-22 and Japan took down uh, China 34-22. So we'll be looking at a Korea-Japan uh, for the final and China versus Chinese Taipei for the, for the bronze medal. It's probably this evening, or even could be even tomorrow. So, you know, it's it's good to see the you know, these these Asian clubs playing some very high quality handball. Um, it's been a it's been a long, almost three week tournament as well. The other result we picked up over the last week was we saw the Brisbane Handball Club. What we want for you, Oggy, here with the the their junior women's team uh, head to Taramo. Uh, in Italy for the uh, Junior World Cup and they brought home the trophy uh, with a 21-12 victory over Taiwan University. Uh, it was made up mostly of Brisbane Handball Club players but there was a few UTS, you know, University of Technology Sydney players within that and we don't know too much about the competition but the photos and the you know, the, the reports, that was a, a fantastic showing um, by by, the, by the, the junior girls there. So that brings us to the end of another episode. Um, uh, next week we will be coming to you. We're aiming for daily coming from the – to give a wrap-up of the Australian Handball Club Championships. Um, hopefully pick up some few Vox Pops and interviews uh, at the end of each of those games. Um, 
So we'll be coming to you live from the frigid temperatures of Canberra. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the only thing I'm not looking forward to is the weather, but um, the competition should be very good. Um, Augie, thank you so much for your time. It's 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 always good to to catch up with you and have to catch up face to face next time you're in this part of the world or I head north. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, yeah, like I said, pleasure pleasure being part of um, part of the episode. Awesome, thank you. And Chris, thank you as always. I mean, yeah, it, it was good to dig into the Faroe Islands. It's you know. It, it's an amazing model where it's such a small island, the 50,000 is really starting to get international results. And, um, you know, I think we're, we're keen to follow their success and, and, and I guess the culture underneath that's made that, uh, brought about those successes. So, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. Uh, to our listeners, thank you very much for, for tuning in once more. And we look to catch you later this week from from Canberra for the Australian Handball Club Championships. Thanks, guys. See ya. Thanks, guys. See ya.